Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, there are some people in the world that lift you up and leave you in a better place than where you were before. And my guest today, Nerida Bint, is definitely one of those beautiful people. What I love about Nerida is that she has taken all the knockdowns in her life, all the times that she was pushed away, and every moment that she wasn't included and was forced to be alone, and turned them into this positive force that is helping countless women to change and grow. Nerida is the founder of Lissom, a woman's only gym that provides so much more than a space to exercise. Nerida is all about helping women to become the absolute best that they can be. Nerida has created a community that is welcoming, empowering, and calls bullshit on judgment. There is so much in this episode as Nerida and I discuss dealing with shame and working through the struggle, the need to change if you want things to be different, learning through failure, burying the fearful phrase, I can't, and the importance of believing in yourself. Nerida is a giver and believes that everyone can change and improve their life. All you need to do is to simply try. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nerida Bint. Welcome to the Live Immediately podcast, and we're face-to-face, opposite each other, we're <laughs> eyeballing each other here, so welcome. Well, thank you for having me, it's yeah. good to be here. It is so good to be here, and we first met earlier this year as we were both speakers at Awareness to Grow that was hosted by the wonderful Bernie Garrett, and then you and I had a coffee after that, and I don't know what you thought of that coffee, but for me... It was quite electric. and uh, <laughs> Coffees are with me always are. <laughs> and, and I had, I, I came home and, and I actually made some, some changes in my own life from, oh. from that conversation. And I, I knew I wanted you on the podcast, but I knew it had to be face to face. Yeah. But how I do it, or most of my podcast interviews for everybody listening that, does, that doesn't already know is via Skype. So even if I could see someone face-to-face or they live around the corner, I could drive to them or whatever. It had to be face-to-face because I didn't have the equipment. But I always wanted the equipment. And you were my catalyst. Oh, I'm so for pleased. purchasing some, some, uh, some portable recording. So we are here face-to-face and, and I'm, I'm stoked to kind of get into this. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And you've kind of been through a whole bunch of interesting changes in your life over the last few years and you've created some beautiful things that I'm sure we're going to unpack today. Um, you're the, the, the founder of a, a, a woman's only gym. You're a speaker, a business coach and a fitness coach. But I want to kind of start off by going back a little bit and ask you a question that I have a feeling might be a little bit of a it might bring everything together. It might be kind of a path of, of, of a lot of 
things, a, a few topics. Mm-hmm. And that question is, how old were you when you realized that having deaf parents was quite unique to your family? I was really young, actually. Um, geez, you know what? I actually think when I first really understood how unique it was and how different I was, was it was off the back of something quite funny. Um, so I'm the eldest of three and my younger sister, who's two years below me at school, was actually caught, you know, whopping school one day. And whopping, whopping you know, like um, wagging. wagging school. Yes, yep. She was meant to be at school, didn't go. Um, and the principal, when they found out about it, generally they would call in the parents to talk to them and, and to advise them what had happened and what the penalty, you know, the penalty was. But they actually called me in because they couldn't, you know, communicate with my parents very well. And I, I really remember that experience thinking this is not really okay. I'm only two years older than she is. And it was almost like I was then responsible for disciplining her at home. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I didn't want to tell my parents about it because I knew that they would, you know, really, you know, she'd get in a lot of trouble. So I was caught in this really awkward position where I was meant to be an authoritarian authority- an kind of figure. But at the same time, I was her sister and I was trying to protect her at the same time. So, yeah, I remember then just thinking... The, this there, is different. something different there. And mm. and what was like, you know, we're not going to stay on this topic for too long, but what was it it like as a as a child obviously trying to to be that parent figure to your, to your younger siblings. But what were some of the other differences and challenges that you, that you or, or, or things that you just noticed? Well, for one, I really noticed any time we would go anywhere as a family, um I was you know, usually relied on to communicate between, say, for instance, we're at the shops or at a restaurant, you know, it was really, I was the one that often had to, you know, interpret for my parents, you know, with anybody we were talking to. So, I think that really taught me, I had to step up and I had to really kind of, and I think that's why I am so outgoing and so, you know, I can talk to anybody. Um, But I I definitely just think it was... um, yeah, it was just a different experience, I suppose. But I, in saying that, I didn't know any different. I definitely found it really challenging with my brother and sister because I was, you know, I, I felt, you know, I definitely feel like I knew a lot that was going on out in the world that my parents weren't really aware of and I was trying really hard to look after my brother and sister but at the same time I was just their older sister. They didn't want to, you know. So, yeah, I definitely think our dynamic when I was younger, I was very much a mother to them. Whereas I really, you know, it's taken, as I've gotten older, I've tried to become more of a sister and more of a friend and our relationship has become a lot better because of that. But now we're older, they look back and they kind of go, wow, like you taught mm. us how to drive, you taught us how, we, you helped us get our first job, you helped us do this, do that. So I think now they see it. But yeah, at the time mm. it was definitely very challenging. And you seem to be helping a lot of people outside of your family in what you do now as well. Yeah, well, I really do love helping people. And I think when you talk to anybody about what they do in life and what they enjoy about their jobs, a lot of people are the same. Most people, we all really want to help others. Mm. And the way, the vehicle that that comes in, I think changes for everybody. Um, But I am very passionate about, you know, just helping people to see their worth and to see 
that they belong, that everybody belongs somewhere. Because mm. I think growing up as a deaf, you know, what I'm called as a coder, so a child of a deaf adult, um, you know, and I did actually have, I, I did struggle to connect with my parents, but then I also struggled to connect with kids at school because, in, and kids will pick on you for anything. So if my parents weren't deaf, I'm sure they would have found something mm. else. But um, I really did, didn't feel a strong sense of belonging to anybody until I was much older. So I really try, that's my only thing, only passion in life that I want everyone to know no matter what, they belong somewhere, whether it's at La Somme, whether it's within their family, whether it's, you know, a, another group, another community group. That's one thing that I'm really, find myself being really strongly, you know, mm. passionate about. And you spoke of La Somme there, which is the the gym that you are founder of and you talk about belongingness how have you connected the two so um basically i my only kind of mission in life is to make sure that um no matter what when women come into our gym that they're welcomed no matter what their age shape size or ability so you know finding that path through fitness and 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 coaching women in being fit and strong happened totally by accident but now I've seen that it's just a vehicle for me to bring out this you know sense of community and togetherness in that way um, but that goes well beyond the gym you know women are make their form their friendships at the gym and I try really hard to facilitate people getting to know each other very quickly early on in their you know kind of journey at Lausanne because I find the quicker that they get to know the people there, the sooner that they find those little common bonds with certain people, you know, you'll see smaller groups kind of, you know, friendships little form and and um, when I see those being carried out outside of the gym, it just makes me so happy. Mm. So I really just create a space for that to happen. The women are the ones that carry that on and I, I think the culture of what we promote there that we, you know, that I really try to make sure all of the women, you know, put themselves out there and introduce themselves to new members and when new members coming in, talking to them about, yes, I know how nervous you are and know that, you know, coming in and meeting 20 new faces in one go is going to be a bit daunting, but be open to it because every single woman here wants to be a friend. Mm. Um, fostering that culture, I think, is, you know, something that allows women to then take that on and, and take it on even further. And have you always been the fitness type? No, geez, no, definitely not. Um, no, my journey to fitness um, came about a really unusual way and I don't know how much time you've got but I actually had put on – I was always fit growing up. I was a part of a surf life-saving club where I really enjoyed and our whole family was a part of that. Um, but then as I, as I was older, I kind of dropped out of that and I found a boyfriend and we moved overseas and we started living this life of travelling and just partying. So I put on 20, 20 kilos. Wow. I was really overweight and I struggled to lose that weight because I really didn't know anything about health and fitness. I didn't really know what was involved, you know, what I had to do to lose weight. I thought I was eating healthy, but now I look back, I mm. realise I wasn't. And it wasn't until I came back to, to Newcastle that I tried to join a gym um, that I realised, you know, the difference and, and how I was going to lose that weight. Um, and then once, you know, when I started CrossFit, I realised that, you know, doing different things all the time, lifting heavy weights, learning how to do some basic gymnastics movements and just moving your body every day in a different way was the key. And then also minimising what I was eating and eating more fresh, wholesome foods, which mm. I wasn't doing. I was calorie counting and that was getting me nowhere. So eating more food but, the, but more real wholesome food was definitely one of the things that I learnt is, you know, the, the way to be able to kind of lose that excess body fat. 
there seems to be so much information out there mm. about how to live healthy or certain different ways that you can you can just live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. What are some of the big hurdles that you've seen that people face to be able to take that first step? Well, I think um, so many women especially are so afraid to put themselves into an environment that they don't know much about. We have women that follow us on social media for years and never come and knock on our door until finally they do. And then we ask them how they've heard about us and what, you know, what brings them here. And they say, well, I've been following you for 12 months and I'm only just getting up the courage to come now. So I think that is the biggest key. Women are so scared to step into something that they're not sure what's on the other side, whether they'll be welcomed, whether they will be fit enough, all of those sorts of things. Now, And, and, and just to start you there, yeah. you, you, I guess, experienced that firsthand. 100% I did. And I think, yeah. Do you mind, do you mind just kind of dabbling into that story a little bit? Not at all. Um, I was just telling someone about it this morning. And so, you know, years ago, seven years ago, before anyone really knew anything about CrossFit, my partner and I bought a house across the road from a CrossFit gym. And I remember just becoming really intrigued with this type of training. I would see women and men running, lifting tires, doing kettlebell swings, doing pull-ups, just doing insane, ridiculous things. But I was just in awe. Finally, got up the courage to go over there and ask them about this type of sort of training and I was super excited. I, I didn't even for one minute think that I would not be allowed to train there or that there would be a reason why I couldn't train there. So I was very naive and when I kind of did decide to finally go across the road, I realised that like when I was talking to the owner of the gym and asking him all sorts of information about um, you know what was involved, what the membership was like, I realised eventually that he wasn't really matching the same enthusiasm and he wasn't really kind of offering me much to go on and then in the end he just said to me he said he looked me up and down and he said Dylan this is not for you wow so I was mortified of course and because like just on that you know we talk about that first step so Mm -hmm. mentally you would have been looking at these people do those things as you said you're in awe you finally get the courage to go all right I'm gonna I'm going to walk in there, mm-hmm. which is a big step in itself. Huge. You know, uh, some steps back could have been going, I've got a problem, I need to look at this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you finally make that step, which is which is external to you. Mm-hmm. And then someone's just like, mm, you might be a bit big for this. Mm, definitely. How was that? Oh, honestly, like, oh, it gives me goosebumps just to think about it. Like, I'll... You know, I will never forget how I felt that day. Never. Like, I honestly, that that feeling of humiliation and I I will just never forget it. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the how hard I was trying not to cry and that stinging feeling behind my eyes and my face just being red, just thinking. And immediately I went into shame. Mm-hmm. Immediately I felt shameful that I would even think that I could walk into a place like that. And I remember just immediately feeling so angry at myself but luckily for me I was look and it wasn't immediately that I thought oh there's another there's another way I'll be able to find something else I just I just let go of it and I felt really disappointed because I knew I was overweight I knew it I I didn't need him to say I didn't need that judgment 
But I knew that I could do it as well. I knew that there was something in me. I thought, this is not me. I'm not meant to be mm. this heavy. I just need some help. I just need some guidance. And I just want to be a part of something. So I think for me, I felt really disappointed that I wasn't allowed to step into that kind of environment because I knew what I was capable of. Like deep down, I knew. I thought, I know I'll struggle at this for a month, but eventually mm. I can do, I know I could be as fit and strong as those girls. I knew it. Now, how did you then get yourself back? Because a lot of people just would have been, all right, that's it. Mm. You know, well, I was. I've, I've, was, I've been knocked for six. Mm. I'm down. Yeah. How did, how did you pull yourself back? Well, honestly, I didn't intentionally do that myself. It was, and, and this is why I just believe in the way that the universe unfolds can be crazy. But it wasn't until months later... I remember for every day for weeks, I would still sit in my bedroom window and watch them training thinking, God, I was just so disappointed. It wasn't until I went to a barbecue at, with, at a friend's place and I bumped into a mutual friend and he had lost 10 kilos and he just looked amazing. He looked really fit. So I found myself just beelining for him, asking him what he'd been doing and he said, I've been doing CrossFit. And mm. I remember feeling that same disappointment thinking, God, why can't I do it? I just really want to be a part of that. Like, look at the results you've achieved. I know I can do that myself. So he said to me, come to my CrossFit gym. You know, the, the community there is amazing. The owner's really, really friendly. Come there. And I remember feeling so scared, thinking, God, no. Like, definitely not. I'm definitely way bigger than you are. Like, I'm definitely way less fit than you, even when you were 10 kilos heavier. I just thought, no, nah, I can't do it. But he encouraged, he convinced me. But I must admit, at the time, I committed to it thinking, I'll find a way to get myself out of this. There is no way I'm stepping into another CrossFit gym in my life. And anyway, the week went by and we'd made a plan to meet on the Thursday at five o'clock. And I remember that morning he sent me a message first thing before I could even think about it saying, don't you dare think about cancelling. I'll see you there at five. And I thought, shit, <laughs> I'm committed now. Like I have to go. And I remember just feeling so anxious all day. So anyway, I you know, drove to the gym, pulled up out the front, I remember seeing people on the Oval running around in front of it in the class beforehand thinking, God, what am I doing here? Just thinking, just drive away, drive away, drive away. You do not belong here. It's going to – I just thought for sure something else would happen. It would unfold the same way, you know, it did months beforehand at this other gym. But anyway, luckily for me, I can't remember what or why I stepped out of the car and walked in there, but I did. And it honestly changed my life. I was met with the complete opposite – kind of um I, w I was met with you know people coming up to me introducing themselves to me shaking my hand you know just being so friendly and welcoming and I just thought to myself wow like everyone here is so nice like I, I just didn't expect it and just that one you know that first five minutes changed everything for me and made me feel so a part of it and made me want to be a part of it mm. and the first workout we did was it was something crazy. It was five rounds of 20 pull-ups, uh, sorry, 400 meter run, 20 pull-ups, 20 box jumps, 20 burpees. And I remember just thinking to myself, oh, wow, like how am I going to do this? But luckily I had a little bit of, you know, my training in my surf lifesaving had taught me just to grind through and don't, I, I didn't really care about judgment from anyone. I didn't care about coming last. I knew, I thought to myself, Nerida, you're going to come last and you're going to struggle for the next month or two. But you know that you've got to go through that to get this back, to get back there. Mm. So did the workout. I remember the first 400, I was halfway, I was at the 200 meter mark and everyone was finished inside the gym, onto their pull-ups. Anyway, I kept pl plodding through and the last 20, round of 20 burpees, everyone had finished, but I got to my burpees and everyone was cheering me on and then all of a sudden, 
you know, 15 people dropped down and did an extra 20 burpees with me, just side by side. And then I finished them and every single person came up to me in the gym, high-fived me. One lady hugged me, told me how proud she was of me. And I just felt so good. I just remember thinking, wow, like this Mm. is awesome. Like I just felt like I was a part of something. That's beautiful. It really is. And I have heard that story before and I absolutely love it because it really just shows that that coming back, that kind of being knocked down and 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 not giving up, which I feel is is one of the cornerstones of, of who you are. But how did you go from losing your own weight and kind of getting into your personal fitness of of in a, in a sense not fixing yourself, but you know what I mean, mm-hmm. becoming fitter in yourself to business owner? Honestly, it was, it was one step at a time. Like I look at my life now to where it was seven years ago when I first stepped into that gym. Before that, I, I would honestly say I was in the deepest, darkest place I'd ever been and, you know, I had all these dark thoughts. I thought life was... I I just felt hopeless. I felt so unhappy, so lost. And I just didn't really even want to continue living. And And what what were some of the things that were making you feel that way? Well, you know, there were so many things. I was really unhappy in my job. I was unhappy in my relationship at the time. I was unhappy with myself, my weight. and, And I wasn't doing anything to nourish myself, to learn, to grow. I was just really lost. I, I didn't have any strong connections with any – like I, I had friends and family around me but I don't think I really had good connections to those people. And to be honest, I, I will never forget – you know, I, I never felt like I could, I could ask for help. And I remember finally one day just opening up and talking about how, how, how awful I was feeling and that first step was the mm. way – like that was – you know, really the first step towards feeling a bit better, asking for some help and just putting my hand up and saying I'm really struggling. And then I just started to – it was just one thing at a time. Like I, I knew I had so much to change but I focused on my health and fitness and luckily for me it, that put me into an environment where I was around some really amazing people that were, you know, just really inspiring, really motivated, really happy and just people that were really supportive and that then made me feel better about myself, just about my, the way I looked and about my, and my confidence. So that then just made me feel a bit better about, all right, I really recognise this relationship isn't really serving me. As much as I love the guy and, and as much as I will, we have this history, I'm really changing and he's not changing with mm-hmm. me and we don't really want the same things. So it gave me some courage to leave that and, and just know look, it is scary but I'm going to be okay because I, I can look after myself. Doing that first and then just getting my head around that. That was 12 months of being on my own and just kind of figuring out who I am. And then I got to a place where I was like, okay, I'm feeling better in my health and fitness. I'm feeling better on my own. I'm reading and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm, I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to like figure out who I am and who I want to be in life. And then I realised, actually, I don't want to be this person who goes – and works in this job every day. I love the people there, but what is it actually that I really love about this job? Well, nothing. So I realised that. And I've got to say, that was even really not... That wasn't really a, a conscious thing and it wasn't really a planned thing. I just... I had to quit. I had to do something really dramatic because I'm, I'm a really lazy person when it comes down to <laughs> <laughs> learning and growing and figuring my way. And I, But I just knew that wasn't right. So I just... 
you know, had to make that call and quit and just jump in the deep end and figure it. And I just had this belief that no matter what, I would be okay and I would figure it out. And it was just by chance that I, that my, my boss said to me, okay, well, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, you should be a PT. And I laughed at him when he told me that. I thought to myself, I could not see myself as a PT. I loved health and tra- I loved training people. I loved, you know, health and fitness, but I didn't see myself as being somebody that people would pay money to go and coach them. And then months went by and I just was bumming around and I just thought to myself, you know, I just need to get a job doing something. And it was only then I happened to pass by Pink Muscle, a women's supplement store on Derby Street that I met the owner there and she suggested it to me again. She said, why don't you, you know, start a boot camp? And then it, it honestly started from that. She, you know, and I'm a big believer and this is why I'm so passionate about helping women, not only in their health and fitness, but in business and in relationships and and anywhere, helping to help them be more brave because she said to me, Nerida, you know, I've got a few slam balls, a few skipping ropes. I've got a few names we can text and see if they want to come along. I'll help you run it. Let's just give it a go and see. And that one boot camp was the first day I realized, wow, like this is what I'm meant to be doing. Wow. And it's, you just allowed things to, I guess, unfold because so often we try to, we try to plan everything. Mm. We want to make sure that we have answers to every single every single optional scenario that could happen and we don't want to start until mm-hmm. we, we, we have all of, all of the boxes ticked. Yep. And what always happens is we just don't end up starting. Mm-hmm. Was that quite challenging to, in a sense, step into that unknown and continue walking? Oh, terrifying. And it still is, you know. But I remember, and, and to be honest, the boot, the boot camp so much wasn't a huge investment. It was, you know, in a park, I had a, a bit of gear and it was girls turning up and if people didn't turn up, it wasn't really, you know, uh, it, it wasn't really that detrimental to me because I wasn't paying any real overheads. It was just my time. So the boot camp was a bit of fun. And obviously, the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. But I remember, you know, finally kind of saying to the girls, you know, them asking me for more training and more of this and more of that and I would invite them to my CrossFit gym and I would say come along and train with me and and their response was like no way we're too intimidated by the guys and the lifting and this and that so that's when I started thinking well what would it be like if I had a gym that was just for women and as soon as I said it the girls were desperate for me to start but then I had to then kind of get my head around well how's that going to look how am I going to how am I going to fund this how am I even going to do it I don't even know where to start and, 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 and like with that, how did, how did you tackle those questions? Well, I just did one thing at a time. And it's crazy, and I'll go back to this again, the universe, but it would honestly be to the point where I would wake up one morning and think, right, okay, so I want to start a business. How the hell am I going to do that? And then I would, I would message my friend and say, right, how do I go about doing this, this, and this? And she would say, right, well, you need to find a real estate agent that can go and find you a space. And it would be to the point where she would text me that, and that day I would bump into someone I knew I bumped into a guy I knew and he, and he was a real estate agent and he, and he was asking me, how are you going? What are you doing? And I'd be like, well, funny you say that. I'm actually looking for a space. <laughs> End of story. He was the one that mm. found me that space. And then, you know, how do I get a, a logo? How do I create a name? You need a graphic designer. Oh, well, and just that day I would, you know, somehow cross paths with a graphic designer that would help me. Like it honestly was to the point where it was, it was just creepy mm. The, the universe was putting people into my path that I needed to help me get to that next step. And I, I guess on that point and without kind of going into a, a really big woo-woo kind of topic, 
and and not just kind of throwing things out there to the universe and then them coming back. But in a sense, you weren't you weren't guarded on on this idea. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Often, so many people and and I. I will put myself into that category you don't really want to tell too many people mm-hmm. what you're doing in case it doesn't, it happen. doesn't happen and you yeah. fail and and then the more people you've told the more people that are going well you said you know six mm. months ago you were trying to do this mm. um and so and so we often we keep that internal mm-hmm. and in a sense what you were doing was pushing that out, out there it. and then all of a sudden everyone's there yeah i'll tell you why I'm a big believer in manifestation and and I honestly, like as scared as I was and don't get me wrong, I had this one guy, I was due to sign the lease for this place and I was terrified. It was only $20,000 a year but I was so scared to sign up because I thought, well, what if I don't make that money? How am I going to pay the rent? What's going to happen? And I remember getting this um, like little kind of um, article through from a friend who knew I was going through this and it was don't fear the flinch, you know, like and it talked about you know, the most exciting experiences come from feeling that fear but pushing through and doing it anyway. And I remember reading that thinking, yes, like, you know, I do, I am scared but I need to push through and do it anyway because I'll be fine. Like, I'll find a way to make it work. But another thing I really wanted to go back to was I know what you're saying and and so many people I I now meet that are so scared to put themselves out there and say, I want to do this, I want to do that. I never once, as soon as this thing, as soon as, coaching these women and and you know I started to think about having a space I couldn't think of anything else Mm. I would honestly tell people like before I even had a had a space I was telling them it was going to happen and I even before I had the space I was thinking about the things I'd put on the walls the the words I'd paint on the walls the color I would paint it what the workouts would be the timetable and I look back in this book that I've got now where I was I would write down everything because I didn't own a computer and I would literally write everything down, what it was going to be, what it was going to feel like, what the mission statement was, everything about it because I could feel it. Mm. And I've read a lot about the secret and manifestation and all these sorts of things and I do believe it. I think if you aren't putting it out there, it's because you don't truly believe it's going to happen and until you do, it won't happen. So on that, has that all, like, is that belief in 100%. yourself, has that always been within you or is that something that you've developed and cultivated over time um i think i have had an element of belief in me um when it comes to things that i can do and things that yeah i think most of the time i have i've, I've definitely had my struggles with you know feeling belief in myself and whether i'm worthy and whether i'm you know i, I think i'm much like anyone in that way where i sometimes i do sometimes doubt myself but i think that you know, I think that helping people and and I think the belief came from just wanting to just better people's lives and just wanting to, you know, create this awesome thing that I could see. I could I could just feel it. I just don't think I ever question that. And I really still don't. I, I see it and don't get me wrong, I have bad days at, at work like anyone does, but when I see the overall feeling that people get when they come in and what, how it changes lives and, and the message that it spreads, I just can't help but, but think that most of the time I'm doing a good thing. Like, and, you know, I fail at things. You know, sometimes I don't do things right. Sometimes I make mistakes. But at the end of the day, my intention is always there to just help people. So I think that that always gets me through. But, yeah, I suppose that feeling of belief... Yeah, I have always had a strong feeling that if I really wanted to do something, I, I would do it. And do you know what? 
I've always been the kind of person that if you tell me I can't do something, mm. I will die trying to prove you wrong. Yeah. Like I would rather die than prove you wrong, 100%. And, I, I, you know, staying on this, this topic of belief, there would be women that would come into the gym and probably initially feel that they don't have that belief. Mm-hmm. They've somehow created that, that first step to mm-hmm. get there. How do you how do you bring out that belief or how do you plant that seed of belief mm-hmm. in them? Well, first of all, like you know, giving them like giving them space to step into it and feel welcomed is the first thing and just really pushing that message that everyone has a place there. But aside from that, you know, really um, not tolerating the, the word, the sentence I hear so often is I can't, mm. I can't do that. I'm not strong enough. I'm not fit enough. And you know what? It's fucking bullshit. Sorry mm. to swear, but it really, it's the most annoying thing I could hear because you know what? I say to women all the time, you haven't even tried. Mm. You haven't even tried. So you try it once and then tell me you can't do mm. it. And if you can't do it, try another three or four times before you come to me and say, I can't do that. It's, it's so true. And, and sorry to cut you off there, Nerida, but I um, teach young kids to swim. And young kids will always be, I can't do that. And as soon as I hear that word, straight away, we don't use that in my class. We don't use that in my class. Good. We don't use that in my class. To the point where there would be kids that would say, I, and then they think about it. That's awesome. And, and, and then they won't say anything or they'll do it. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you might kind of push a little, yeah. <laughs> a little tight a little bit too far <laughs> and you're like, oh, that was, that was a bit close. But it's so true. It's mm-hmm. that, like I even look at my, my daughter, Andy, and, sh- and she's one of, those, one of those kids that she can do it as soon as she can do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've seen it with so many things. Mm-hmm. And I, you just, i got to push her so she does it because mm-hmm. as soon as she does, well, she's, she's home and home. Exactly. So you, you, you bury that I can't yep. and you bring that belief back into mm-hmm. them. Um, how, do, how do a lot of women take that initially? One thing I've learned is that, that there are, you know, there are, everyone is different and how you motivate, like to motivate me and I grew up in surf lifesaving and I will always be forever grateful to this one particular coach who I think he saw in me that the, the harder he pushed me, the harder I would push. Whereas, and, and so he really... He really taught me like a lot of strength and a lot of resilience and a lot of – I think he really showed me what I was capable of. And some women I can push to that point, some you can't. Some prefer more of a, you know, an encouraging, really kind of gentle approach Um, and that's okay. But I'm a big believer in that, you know, you set the scene for what you expect and all I want to see is everyone try their best. That's all I want. And you know what? What I don't want to see is you putting up this I can't do that and saying that is just to protect yourself because mm. in the end when you try it and you didn't do it, you can kind of go, well, I told you I wasn't going to mm. do that. I told you I couldn't do that. So what? Like I don't care. It doesn't worry me. All I want to see is you turn up and do your best. And if you're doing that, then that's enough for me. But, you know, I would rather see someone turn up and go, yeah, I'm going to give that a crack. And if they fail, that's okay. They're still getting stronger. They're still learning. They're still growing. Because, you know, if you're not doing that, if you're not constantly challenging yourself, what are you doing? Mm. You're just standing still. You're dying. So for me, I just think you have to encourage this space where it's okay to fail. But 
we want to see you push as hard as you can. And, I, and it's a fine line because, you know, you cop a bit of grief. It, you're, if you're a trainer and you don't push your clients enough, you, they're not growing, they're not getting better, they're not getting fitter. But if you're a trainer and you're pushing them too much, oh, well, it's not a safe environment. Mm. I got pushed to lift too heavy too soon. So we, we definitely walk a fine line there. But I guarantee you I only need to see someone li- – I only need to see someone train for one hour and I almost know straight away what they're capable of. Mm. And often our trainers know what our women are capable of more than they know themselves. That's the thing I see the most. And, and I guess too, you know, you're talking about training there and, and lifting weights – but there's so much more mm. to the gym yep. than that. Talk to me about that side. So what I, like, what I see all the time is I see women come in at 5, 6 a.m. Come in, you know, it's 5 a.m. So no one's really that peppy at that time of morning. They warm up, they get warm, they start to do a session and then all of a sudden someone gets their first pull-up or someone gets a handstand or someone lifts a weight above their head they've never lifted before. So that person is just on the biggest high they're just like oh my god I've been coming here for six months finally done my first pull-up like they've finally achieved something that they haven't been able to so they walk away from that session on a high they go to work they go home to their kids they're pumped like they're, they're you know they're just feeling great so you imagine how your day goes when you start it doing something you've never done before or it's the opposite I, you tried to do a pull-up you might not get there but you got a little bit closer than you did last week so I'm I know I'm going to get there soon. Like, and, and I just see women's lives so much better for coming in and doing amazing things. And, and, you know, everyone's different and everyone can take it at their own pace. And that's why we never compare anyone to anyone else. We just, comp- you know, comp- like we just want to see you be better than you were yesterday or at least trying, you know. Mm-hmm. And just seeing them walk away with that feeling of like, wow, I just did that. There's no better feeling. And, and it spills on into the rest of their life you spoke about failure before and and that fear of failure which which is why you know women in this in this case but just everybody is they're just scared Mm -hmm. in a sense but with a lot of the women that you see come through your gym what are some of the common internal fears or baggage that they seem to carry with them judgment really 100 percent judgment And the one thing I always say to them, I say, right. I call them on it because what they don't realize, that judgment does not exist anywhere in there unless the only place it exists is in your own mind. So I put them in this scenario. I say, right, you're in the gym. You've been coming here three months. You're a part of the family. You know all the girls here. You feel comfortable. You see someone come into the gym. She's 20 kilos overweight and she's trying to do a box jump. She can't do a box jump. What are you thinking in your head? And every time the girls say, oh, I just think it's great that she's having a go. I want to help her. I want to come forward and give her a hand. I just want to see her achieve it. Like, but I'm not judging her. Well, why do you think someone else would judge you? We, no one judges. We don't judge. It's not in our nature. And if you think that people are judging you, it's because you internally are judging others. Mm-hmm. So let go of that. First of all, realize that and then realize, oh, okay, people aren't going to judge me. They're probably actually going to be on my side and actually want to see me succeed okay, well, that makes it so much easier for me to step into this environment and have a go. And it's just, it baffles me that so many women think that other women out there are judging them and or thinking they're too big or too skinny or too old or too unfit or too weak because at the end of the day, none of us are thinking that. So why are we all living, you know, within this, like, you know, space of fear and, and, and not stepping into this awesome space 
where we know we could like live our life, you know, way more fully because we think people are thinking things that they're not even thinking. Mm. And do you know what the ironic thing is? Most people are too wrapped up in what they're doing <laughs> to even notice what you're doing. <laughs> it's so true. So the first thing I do is call bullshit on it. And I just say, well, no, that doesn't exist. And and what are the what are some of the things that you've seen? You know, you spoke about earlier about, you know, if someone comes to the gym that day and they, they do their first handstand or pull up and, and the um, enormous effect that that's going to have rippling to the, the people in their life and the rest of their day. But what are some of the other changes that you've seen in some of these women's lives once they've kind of got that health and fitness under wraps? Well, that is just, God, I couldn't even, how much time have I gotten? Like, honestly, what I see is, you know, someone getting some bad news, like someone has breast cancer and then all of a sudden, you know, their support network of their immediate friends and family now add another hundred women to that mm. and, you know, women are sending them, you know, pamper baskets and flowers and notes saying, you know, so sorry to hear, we, you know, we're here if you need us or, you know, tr- like, uh, you know, really seeing people care for each other and, and then seeing people that are going through hard times and other people caring for them that they didn't expect and seeing how just, you know, totally, you know, overwhelmed they feel from that, you know, with that is amazing. Um, but also to seeing them come in and change their lives in other ways. Like I've seen so many women come in and start training and then all of a sudden they start coming to the Saturday morning breakfast and they start talking and girls love to chat. So, oh, you know, so do you have a partner? Do you have children? Are you married? Oh, you know, well, I have this boyfriend and oh, it's not going so well. Like this is happening. And, and then all of a sudden she's got three women, you know, basically telling her she's better than that. She needs to get out mm. of that. She's, you know, this and that, giving her that feeling of self-worth that she could live a better life. And then all of a sudden she's leaving that partner and she's, you know, getting her health back and she's feeling good about herself. And then she's, you know, it's all those things. Like all someone coming in saying how much they're really not enjoying their job. Like, but they've got this creative side and they love to draw. They love to make things with their hands. And, well, why aren't you doing more of that? Mm. Like, why don't we, you know, and women trying to say to her, well, if you make stuff, we'd buy it from you. So all of a sudden, this girl's making all this jewellery and she's sold 20 pieces and she's like, wow, I've got, you know, a couple of thousand dollars here I could start a business with and then and then it just snowballs, you know? Mm. Like, that's... It's, it's, am- it's amazing when you achieve a goal in an area of your life that you thought you couldn't achieve, how that can change mm-hmm. other areas of your life that are so not related. I guess with health and fitness, there's a, you know, we have one body, so our health and fitness is mm-hmm. kind of connected to everything. But it's it's so true. Like once we once we achieve a goal, whether it be a push-up yep. or a box jump yep. or a, a, a weight margin or whatever it might be, it, it really does change everything. It really does. And, you know, what what people don't realise and what women don't realise is – and, and I think they do. When they come in, they start and they're kind of just going through the motions and they're just getting their head around, oh, wow, this is all the stuff that we're doing today. And then tomorrow it's completely different. But I think what they don't realise is like to be, for a woman to be able to do a push-up or a pull-up or to be able to run 5K without stopping or to be able to jump on a box that's nearly half their height, that's actually really rare and not a lot of people can do that. So for you to be able to say you can do that, that's amazing. You couldn't do it when you first started but it doesn't matter. You started and as you continued, you learnt these little skills. And what they're doing is so many of them have children and their kids come in and see their mums doing burpees and then all of a sudden their kids are doing them and they're like, 
seeing their mums being fit and healthy and strong. That's one of the most important things. Mm. Like, you know, strong is like I can't tell you how much we try to celebrate that and you know instead of what you look like when we first get women into our gym we always ask them what are your goals oh well I want to lose five kilos or I want to fit into this size dress or I want to be this weight okay six months later we ask them what their goals are oh well I want to be able to back squat my body weight I want to be able to run a k (laughs) in under five minutes I want to be able to do a pull-up they end up losing that weight and looking amazing as a byproduct but the shift changes from what they look like to what they can do. So therefore, they're enjoying training. They come here with a purpose, not just burning calories to try and get their you know scale, their scales down. They're actually coming along, trying to achieve things. You've you've said previously that you feel that you've found your little niche in mm-hmm. the world. Was that hard? And and looking back at it, was there a collection a collection of things that you did to find your niche or or did you just kind of land on it one day it, I definitely just landed on it I I wish I could say that I you know had this plan and I always but I honestly can't it honestly like years ago I never thought I would ever do anything of any kind of service I, I never thought I would have a, a role in a community where I was respected and you know, asked to go and speak at events and share my story. I never, th- I never thought I'd be in a position where I'd be getting cards and gifts saying thank you for changing my life. Like I never thought I'd be that person ever. I, I honestly just was m- just basically kind of making my way through life blindly, like just not even thinking about what was possible. But I definitely think I knew that, you know, I, I knew I had hit my limit and I knew that I was sick of whatever it was that was – I was just sick of playing the same old sad story to myself and I just snapped. And, and, and every time I've done that, it's been like my way of saying, right, enough is enough. Let's move on and find something better. Like, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, let's actually, tr- you know, let's actually try and find something that you're, pas- like that you're interested in, you're passionate about. And, and that's why I'm always trying to say to girls, like in their careers, I'm a big believer that there is a place out there for everybody. Everyone's got something they're interested in. And if you follow that, the money will come. The, the, the role will come. The place for you in that community will come. But we all start, you know, I think so many of us think, oh, well, we'll go to uni and we'll, we'll study this because it's really good money. Or we'll go and be a teacher because I get this many holidays a year. I think so many of us get, fall into careers that aren't really the right thing to, for us because we think the conditions are good. And that makes me really sad because you spend so much time at work all to just have a month off a year and spend that money in that month. Like, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a big believer in, you know, you've got to find what it is you really enjoy doing and how you enjoy helping people because everyone has a way. And, every, and if you follow that, the money will come mm-hmm. eventually. Wow, it's really beautiful. And um, I've got one final question for you here, Narrator, and it is one that I ask all of my guests on the podcast. And that's if you could please describe your perfect day. I've got to say, this day's been pretty good so far. (laughs) I honestly, my perfect day would be waking up and heading to the gym to do a workout with my girls. I love that I'm in a position now where I can work out with them and not just coach them every day. I've got a good team behind me that allows me to now train next to my girls. So that's the best way to spend that. And then going for breakfast or coffee afterwards, that's always the best way to spend my day. 
heading to the beach for a swim, like uh, honestly, the ocean, the salt water is the answer to anything, anything in life. And then, you know, meeting with someone like yourself and talking about, you know, just talking and, and sharing my story, listening to your story. Mm. I love connecting with other people and just finding out about people and what their story is and what their journey is. And then it would be go back and coach the girls in the afternoon, you know, and then head home and have dinner with my partner and get to bed early and just watch a movie. It's pretty simple. Perfect days Super always simple. are yeah. simple. So I, I know that that was – I said that was my last question, but I've got another one here. What what does the future hold for you? Oh, look, I, it goes <laughs> back to me. I told you I'm not a planner. I'm more of an accidental, accidental kind of – person and I just tend to stumble across things but you know what I definitely know two things I want more Lassoms I want a Lassom in every city in Australia and I you know I feel as much fear saying that because I know Mm. you're right like what if in 12 months time someone turns around and says to me you said you were going to do this and you haven't done it yet I know that that's something I want and I hopefully will find a way to make that happen and I know that I want to spread my my story more I know I want to talk to more people about it I want to talk to people about my parents being deaf and how that shaped me as a person I want to talk to people about connect connection and how important that is to be open to it to be kind to one another I really want to work with kids more I had a horrific um, experience at school and so I find myself being really really um, you know kind of passionate about that and trying and and really wanting to help children you know learn about kindness and being you know more open and and accepting of one another um and maybe have some kids of my Mm. own one day and try to put some other little people out there that you know could maybe help the the world be a better place i don't know i feel like you are trying to create the perfect world that you would want to live in yeah which is the the thing that we all hopefully are doing you know what i mean but when you kind of list those things off and even some of the struggles that you had as a youngster and wanting to kind of fix those, it's like, well, how do we, how do we leave this, this beautiful mm. place even better? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go off on another tangent, but you, you spoke then about kind of being very accidental and, and mm-hmm. it's, it seems to be one of these common threads. Mm-hmm. And, a lo- uh, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit before that, that, so, that so often we, we, we want to have everything in place. Mm-hmm. How have you dealt with kind of being accidental and kind of going with the wind? Is that something that you've you've gotten used to or it's just always been you? It's always been me, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's got its pros and cons. Like I think sometimes, you know, I'm always the one saying, let's do this, let's do that. I don't really think about what could go wrong. I'm probably a bit naive in that. Um, and for the most part, it's served me pretty well. But 12 months ago, I kind of realised, I sat down and had a bit of a reality check and I thought, you know what, okay, I've been very lucky and I've kind of fumbled my way through this far, but if I really want to take this thing that I've created and put it all over the country, I'm probably going to need to be a bit more, you know, have a bit more organisation and direction. So that's why I employed my head coach, who I honestly would be lost without. And she's the complete opposite of me. We, we share so many of the same things. We're passionate about Lassam and women and what we do, but yet she's always the one thinking about, right, what could go wrong here? Let's plan this out. And I'm just the ideas woman. And so I come up with the ideas. She puts them into pl- to action and makes it happen. So I believe that like we make a really good team and now I really feel like I could do it with her help. I feel like 
I've now got this, you know, incredible team where we could go and achieve anything because she levels me out a bit. But yet she also makes the things that I want to happen, happen. But yeah, I've always been that way. I've always kind of just thought, let's just give it a go because I don't believe in failure. I really don't. I think I've got more respect for somebody who has tried and failed than for someone who's never tried because I think you, you're never really failing, you're only learning. Okay, that didn't work. Well, let's find another way to make it work. Or maybe that was never meant to be. Maybe that put me on a path to get to this place because that's the way my life's unfolded. Like certain things have unfolded that I thought at the time, like you know, being rejected from that first gym, I was so upset thinking this is where I want to be. But now I look back and I think that was the best thing that mm. ever happened to me because it is what has made me so passionate about making women feel welcome. So I never really truly think that you fail. I think the only failure comes in having never tried. I think if you try something and it doesn't work out, then there's a reason for it and you'll find a way. If it's meant to be, you'll find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. There always is. Well, Narita, thank you so much for for telling your story here today and for being my guinea pig face-to-face <laughs> um, with the new equipment and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. But, um, but also thank you so much for creating a space that really does empower women so much more than, than fitness and health. Like there's really this holistic love and you've said this word welcoming mm-hmm. and being part of a community. And, and I know that there are often words that a lot of companies try to connect themselves with, mm-hmm. um, whether that be in a brochure, mm-hmm. but you connect with it through the DNA mm-hmm. of La Somme. And, and I think it's really what makes La Somme so, so beautiful. But if people do want to reach out to you, you know, follow your journey and, and hopefully come along to one of your classes um, or hit you up when they want to open a La Somme in, in, <laughs> in their town around Australia, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, we have a website now, which is pretty exciting. It's www.lasom.net.au. Um, we also have social media. We're very active on social media on our Instagram page, which is Miss Lasom. Our Facebook page is Miss Lasom as well. Um, and yeah, you can follow us on both of those and our website, or you can come into the gym. Like, there is no reason why you couldn't just look up a time, look up our timetable on our website and lob up, you know, unannounced. We love having people drop in. Um, so yeah, it's just basic, yeah, getting in touch with us, please. Like we love to hear from people, whether it's in regards to fitness and health or just our community, you know, coming to have a look at it. We, yeah, we love connecting with people. So beautiful. Well, I will definitely make sure that all of those links are in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. Is, is there anything that you want to, you want to say or anything that I've, I've left out or anything that you want to kind of just say to people that are listening before we we part ways here oh i would really just like to thank you um i really feel like since i've met you and heard a little bit about your story it's definitely i'm a bit the same i walked away from that coffee changing things in my own life you know and um i really just want to thank you for inviting me on it i feel so honored that you would have me on this podcast and also that just to see people like yourself like me wanting connect to connect with others whether it's in a space of what you're doing yourself or just hearing other people's stories, getting a message out there. Um, I just love connecting with people and hearing stories. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm sure it probably won't be the last. I hope but, not. Uh, <laughs> but thank you once again, Narita, and thank you everybody for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.
That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.